Crushgasm, the podcast dedicated to the highs and lows of crushes. From their first to their worst, we're going to cover them all with a cascade of characters, including our guest today, the mother of Marvel, Shannon Parola, a total nerd boss, child care coach, and all-around chaos coordinator who is here to talk not only about the ins and outs of the game of nerds, but also her crush on a character some would argue is the greatest sidekick of all time, the Winter Soldier himself, Bucky Barnes, who we've all seen brought to life on the big screen by none other than Sebastian Stan. Shannon, how are you? I am great. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. So let's go back to the beginning real quick of this crush of the whole Marvel Universe. What initially drew you to the cinematic comic book world? I have always kind of been a Marvel junkie. I've always grew up with comic books. Um, I'm the oldest of two and I have two younger brothers, um, all boy cousins. So I grew up a tomboy and in involved in Star Wars, everything, but Marvel drew me in when I first started dating my husband 15, 16 years ago now. Wow, that's a long time to say that. Um, One of the first movies we ever watched together was Captain America First Avenger. And um, With You Till the End of the Line kind of always stuck with us. And that actually was our theme of our wedding was Captain America Winter Soldier Till the End of the Line. So yeah, it started with him, us watching it in his bedroom in college. It was the first time I had really gotten into the Marvel Universe, but I kind of attached to Bucky and Andy attached to Captain America, and that's always how it's been. Now, you're watching this with your husband, well, your now husband, back in college, like years and years ago, and there he is. I mean, you're with this guy, you're dating, but then you see Sebastian Stan's Bucky Barnes. Like, was it one of those moments where the crush is like instantaneous, or did it blossom over the course of the film? No, it was like... The only thing I can explain was my first teenage crush was Pacey, um, you know, uh, Joshua Jackson on Dawson's Creek. It was like almost like that all over again. Like I can almost hear the Dawson's Creek, you know, like theme song. I was like, yeah, that's yeah, that's it. He's taking over now. That's the I've I've upgraded. I feel like I upgraded as a child, you know, like, all right, I've moved on from Dawson's Creek. And now we have Bucky Barnes, a real man. Did you kind of like see him in slow motion? Like, yeah. And he's like, Mm -hmm. that hair. (laughs) So, was it his personality, the looks? Like, what about Bucky made him it for you? And what's kept him, you know, in your heart all these years later? For me, for Bucky, he always has that like protective, like badass, like I don't need no one kind of vibe. And that's very much kind of me as a person. Um, I kind of just do my own thing. But seeing him kind of evolve has just made me love him more and more. And since starting watching him in Captain America Winter or um, First Avenger, I started watching him in other films. And just kind of watching Sebastian Stan as an actor just just gave me so much appreciation and love for him. And, And then just seeing him in different roles, I was just like, okay, you can't get any hotter or better. Like, it's just, it's not possible. You're, and and then he became, as me and my husband say, our hall pass. You know, every couple has the hall pass. Mm-hmm. And I joke about this on our po- on my podcast, uh, The Game of Nerds, because we, you know, Tara talks about parasocial relationship. And she goes, if Sebastian Stan showed up at your door right now, 
would you pack your bags and leave with him? And I said, no, I'm going to stand there and go, holy shit, Sebastian Stan sitting at my door. What the fuck are you doing here, dude? And then I, I, I think about it, but really, am I going to leave my husband and daughter? No, because that just, yeah, no, I'm not. But I, I mean, it's nice to dream. Maybe just leave, leave them for the night. Yeah. Okay. We'll go with that. <laughs> right. I mean, if it's a hall pass the night, have it, have fun. <laughs> I like your thinking. <laughs> and like many heroes, Bucky comes with, you know, more, he comes with more than a carry on a baggage. He's got a lot going on. Do you think that those imperfections in not only Bucky, but most superheroes are why many fans like love them even more? I think that it makes them more real. You, you, you attach to any character, like in any fandom, um, I think people attach to a character because they feel like they relate to them or that, you know, that character understands what they're going through. So it, yeah, it does make them very relatable. And I think that that's how people choose their superhero is, is who, who they relate and attach to the most. And like Bucky's kind of the bad boy yin to Captain America's like boy next door Yang. Do you uh-huh. think that rebellious nature makes him that much hotter? Yes. I, I that's almost me and my husband's relationship too. He is very uh very square peg. It's got it's gotta be this way. And I'm just like, all right, I'm gonna do it my way. If you tell me no, I'll figure out a way around it. Um, <laughs> kind of thing. And yeah, he the bad at the badass boy has always been a thing. I mean, you could go back to the high school days. I think that's what every girl wanted. Oh, I want the bad boy. Um, so yeah, Bucky Barnes definitely fits that quota. But Pacey, he wasn't a bad boy. Yes, he was. was Did you? Oh, oh, okay. I'm just going off of looks because he looked no, like sweet. he was a bad boy. The first Dawson was the Gosh, Captain uh, America. Dawson was the oh. Captain America of that series. Pacey was the bad boy that made Joey fall out of love with Dawson and she did everything with Pacey. Yeah, no, Pacey was a bad boy. Okay, I've I have to be honest, I've seen like one episode of Dawson's Creek. <laughs> it was that it was Pacey, Spike. Those were like the two like big ones in high school. And then once again, I met like met Sebastian Stan through Captain America winner or uh, first uh, Avenger and yeah, that was I leveled up. That's how I'm gonna word it. I leveled up. Level it up. All right. All right. You got like you hit the little mushroom or whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh so again, some may argue Bucky is the best sidekick. However, in 2011, IGN called Bucky the most iconic superhero sidekick of the golden age after Batman's Robin. Would you say that's accurate or is he numero uno? Oh, he's numero uno. But that's only because I value Marvel higher than DC and that's because my daughter's name is Marvel. So there's my justification for that. Um, I I think Bucky Barnes is one of those sidekicks. Like, I mean, can you name a different other sidekick in the Marvel universe that's going to top that? Uh, I can't think of one, really. Um, and when you say DC, when I, you think sidekick, that's automatically what you think of Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that Captain America and Winter Soldier are really the iconic Batman and Robin of Marvel. 
Except Bucky Barnes, hotter than Robin in most. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, although my cos- my cosplayer, Mass Mateo, will probably fight me and hate me on that because he he cosplays as, as them. Um, but yeah, no, Bucky Barnes takes the cake. But Bucky has yet to have his own like standalone movie or series. He always seems to be the ride or die partner in crime. Do you think he'd be able to put that same level of commitment into like a relationship if you were with him? I think we saw a lot of that in the Falcon Winter's Soldier series. Um, I think that was like the perfect way for us to get more on Bucky Barnes. And I think I fell in love with him even more after that um, because of that series. He probably could do his own standalone series, I mean, or movie, but the reality is, is that's who Bucky is. He is always, he is the sidekick. Um, In most of the comics and everything, he is the sidekick. So I really don't think that Marvel would put him as his own unless they were trying to make some kind of new pathway in the MCU that I don't know about. But I'm sure if I talk to my buddy Zane, he'll he'll fill me in somewhere. But I, I really think Bucky always does his best as the sidekick. But we having having these series like Falcon and Winter Soldier where you get to see how Bucky is transforming and see the backstory of stuff that we weren't able to see in these big old films um, has really done him a benefit and really has made fans fall in love with Bucky Barnes and Sebastian Stan even more. Is that show getting a second season? Do you know? I think they're getting a movie when I I last checked, but don't quote me, mom (laughs) brain at its finest early, probably don't have enough coffee in me, but I do know that, yeah, they are slated for more. And I, I mean, you've got... Sebastian Stan just released uh, Pam and Tommy on oh, Hulu. We'll get there. Too. <laughs> yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of Sebastian Stan in the water, enough to fill you, to fill everybody's cup. And so not totally out of left field because this has come up in the past when talking to people like Dana B. Myers, who's the founder of Booty Parlor. We talked to her about a celebrity crush. But what they came up is hair, the importance of hair in a crush. For me, I know it's important. Like one of my ultimate crushes is Backstreet Boy Nick Carter, and it all has to do with that blonde boy band hair. And I think it makes all the difference in a crush. Now, Bucky's rocked it short. He's rocked it long. Do you have a preference? No. No. All the Bucky Barnes. You know that GIF from where the two, it's a Disney GIF. And I think it's like, it's not Road to Atlantis or something where they go both. Yes, both. That's exactly, yeah. Any of the options above. I will take any. Please and thank you. (laughs) And speaking of preferences, how important do you think casting is when it comes to bringing comic book characters to life? I think it's 100% important. I mean... Bucky Barnes, probably I probably wouldn't have fallen in love with him as much if Sebastian Stan wasn't behind him as you know the actor. We say this about I mean a lot, a lot of actors in the MCU or characters that we love. It really it's the actor that brings them to life. Um, could we see Doctor Strange anybody else as you know Benedict Cumberbatch? Same thing with Spider Man. Um, even though we've had three different versions and people can fight all they want, you know. Um, we saw how many children and lives were changed when Black Panther came out because of what Chadwick Boseman did as as Black Panther. Um, so I really, I, I 100% believe that casting does affect how well these superheroes do um, and the effect that ripples on through that. In your opinion, has Marvel made any casting mistakes thus far? Uh, I think you know, early on. Early on, we had a few kinks there, but I think we were always trying to work out the system. So far, they have yet to have a bad where I'm like, yeah, that doesn't work. You know, um, 
most of the people that they do are 100% spot on. Because I always am obsessed with those like kind of BuzzFeed like lists where they're like, oh, look who could have played this. And you think, oh my God, how much would that have changed like the popularity of this movie or this role, things like that? Well, I always, I see those and I think, yep, it wouldn't have worked. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Because mm-hmm. now that I've seen it and I'm like, yeah, that wouldn't have worked with that person. Or yeah, it could have maybe, you know, been slightly better, but it may have changed the whole tone or the feel of the movie that, you know, the universe, etc. Yeah, because they always say like uh, John Krasinski was like up for the role of Captain America. And you think, oh, that would have just, I think it would have just clouded it. It was too close to the office. Yeah. I would have been like, because mm. I mean, even now, and when I see him, I'm like, oh, Jim Halpert. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, that, that's a perfect example. I mean, if you think about it, you're like, okay, could you see Jim Halpert as Captain America? And it's just, no, I couldn't. Uh, no, Chris Evans. It's kind of like the human torch. I have yet to like, the only person who can be the human torch is Chris Evans, because that's what Chris <laughs> Evans is best at doing that and Captain America. Um, yeah, the actors, the actors make the characters, I think. And then we fall in love with them. And then we're like, yep, nope, there can't be any other way because this is the way it has to be. Is there any actor you're waiting to see in the Marvel Universe? Like, you're like, how have they not been cast yet? That one's a hard one for me. They've Now, here's the thing. They, with Marvel and how deep they go and Kevin Feige and this master plan, God only knows how many people are under contracts that we don't know about or in talk, you know, but I don't know. You would have to get something like Angela Lansbury or something like crazy. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, like <laughs> I wish they had gotten Betty White before she had got out. Cause I think that would have been like an awesome cameo or just like, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> the, those are the kind of people like I would like to see like iconic legends that we would have gone like, no way that that doesn't belong. Like you, you signed for the Marvel universe kind of thing. <laughs> That's kind of what I would want to see. I don't know. Someone threw out James Bond on Twitter a few weeks. Like, oh, I would love to see James Bond in the MCU. And I'm like, uh, there's a what the fuck moment where I'm like, <laughs> what? who the hell would you play? So, yeah, I don't know. So, an I- iconic legend. Somebody who's like super, super prolific in the acting world. I would love to see them in the MCU as some kind of cameo or some- it doesn't even have to be big. Like, they don't have to be in a bunch of movies. Give me a cameo. You mean like James Bond, somebody who's played him, or just like the yeah, character? Yeah. Oh, the I, I can't think of the guy who uh, who recent uh, uh, Connery. No, um, no, no, the recent one. Oh, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Sorry, Mom Brain at its finest for you. Um, I was going to tell you Craig Daniels, which is a completely different person. <laughs> <laughs> so, like you, you mentioned Pam and Tommy earlier. Like Sebastian Stan, he doesn't just stay in the Marvel universe. He does a lot of things. Have you gotten a chance to check that new series out? I've seen a lot of things <laughs> of Sebastian Stan. I love it all. Um, he has so many movies. I, I think that was the best part is once I fell in love with Sebastian Stan, it was like a rabbit hole of things that I had. I didn't know that he was in. One of the fewest, th- the earliest things I got in was Once Upon a Time where he played the Mad Hatter there for a while. Um, and then 
I am a big gymnast. And so somebody's like, didn't you know he's in the bronze with the chick from the Big Bang Theory? I'm like, no, that that changed my life. I will. Yeah, my husband and I still laugh. The sex scene in that one just literally is just so over the top. It's like an entire gymnastics important performance. But yeah, Pam and Tommy is probably the like the highlight of my year right now. <laughs> um, I have been, you know, with house hunting and everything else that's going on with my life. That is the one thing that's keeping me sane and happy. Sebastian Stan, he, oh man, he nailed, he nailed Tommy in this. And I think uh, Lily Allen in it is great and holy crap, it's good. All right. So, uh, so you would suggest it. Uh, it's a good watch. It's a good watch. <laughs> even if you don't, there's a lot of um, big actors in there that I wasn't expecting to like, oh, how did you guys get all these people signed on? So it's, it's a great cast. Um, it's a great kind of, and Seba- if you love Sebastian Stan, you're on it. You're good. Yeah. My, my husband, Matt, you know him. He yes. was like, I was like, oh, I saw a review. There's like a singing or talking penis or something. He's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like it kind of mm-hmm. like, interesting. And then I was like, and you know, like the Bucky Barnes guy, he he is Tom. He's like, oh, he's in that. I was like, he's Tommy Lee. He's like, what? Okay, now we have to watch it because he. That's how you got Marvel. Matt. Yeah, that's how you got Matt. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Talking penis. Yeah. <laughs> and Sebastian Stan from MCU. He was like, yep, I'm on it. Let's go. Let's go. And he's not even like. He's like your husband. He loves Chris Evans. He loves Captain America. And he always gets mad because Captain America just doesn't do it for me personally. I see why people love him. It's not like I think he's unattractive. I'm just more of a Chris Hemsworth type of girl. So he always gets mad when I'm like, no, Thor. And he's like, no, Captain America. Look at him. He's beautiful. <laughs> I love how how possessive Matt gets over characters because he almost fangirls at our level and you just have to respect that. <laughs> that and Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah. He would oh. leave me for a Ninja Turtle. Yeah, I've already talked to him about Ninja Turtles. That was a two-hour conversation on my podcast. So <laughs> it's all good. I know how much he loves Ninja Turtles. That's his yeah. hall pass. <laughs> yeah. Give him a Raphael, a Donatello. He's good to go. So where do you see Bucky Barnes heading in the Marvel Universe's next phases? For you, what would be your dream for Bucky? I would love to see him kind of, you know, really help build the kind of what they're calling the new Avengers team or the next phase of the MCU. I'd love to see him continue to be a part of the Marvel Universe. I know that we have been lucky to have him as long as that we've had him as far, you know, have Sebastian Stan. So I'm sure his contract is slowly ending or, you know, we only have a few more, you know, shows, movies with him. But um, I will take whatever I can get and then I will watch him on whatever you know, show movie he goes off to, but I would love to just kind of see where Bucky goes. Um, I, I just think he's a great character and Sebastian Stan brings out the best. And now we've reached the portion of our chat where it's time to use our imaginations because if you could live the rest of your days with Bucky Barnes, what kind of life do you think you'd have together? Oh, we'd probably be on the run. So we're going to be on an island in Bali on one of those magical little floating, you know, like with the floor where you can see the fishies. Yeah, we're just going to live out our days there with internet. As long as we got internet, we're good. Did you think Bucky Barnes would like to get into the podcast realm? 
No, <laughs> no, I don't think, no. He'd be super, super private. Like I'd be lucky if I got to keep my Instagram account. I'm gonna be honest. And I'd be willing to give up like social media. Like, that, like that's the sad part. I, not that I'm addicted because of the nature of my job, I'm constantly on my phone having to check social media and be online and you know, whatnot, making sure emails are answered, all that kind of stuff. So I'd be willing to give up internet and everything for Becky Barnes. Ooh, willing to go off the grid. Off grid. I don't know if I could do that for Thor. I, I told my husband I wasn't going to do it when we bought a house. So that just shows you the level of, I'm willing to do it with Bucky Barnes, but a toddler and you in the middle of nowhere, not going to happen. Oh, no. <laughs> but Bucky and Bali live that fantasy. Yeah. Live in it. Live in it every day. <laughs> Little coconut drinks. I'm I'm there. Mm-hmm. So now it's time to talk a little more about you. What led you down the Game of Nerds path some years ago? So I started in the Game of Nerds for my hospital bed in 2013. I was really, really sick and started basically binge watching, reading anything and everything that I could get my hands on. And my friends would come to visit me to like cheer me up and they'd get kicked out of the hospital. And my mom said, hey, you're going to get kicked out of the hospital. Please be quiet and make friends online or do something because we need you to get better. Um, I made friends online and eight years later, I really didn't think I was going to have two million friends online. Um, And so uh, we give fans and writers a safe place to talk and learn about the fandoms that they love the most or want to know. Um, We give people the safe place to ask questions there's no stupid questions so uh we are the cool kids table and we let everybody on who has a snack so as long as you bring a cool snack and you got something to talk about come come sit at our table i always had dunkaroos yeah you're our people you are our peoples (laughs) the dunkaroos and the fruit by the foots are always always king at our table but we just we love meeting people who are real and down to earth like uh like your husband who just you know with the pandemic and everything it's hard to connect without having being on the con floor or having these kind of conversations and so the podcasts and you know meeting people like this this way is the best that we can do and the more people we can meet all over the world the better and before you started Game of Nerds and the podcast, what was like, where, what route was your life on? Did you, was it like, oh, I'm still going to go into entertainment or were you aimed somewhere else? No, I was actually in the process of getting my doctorate in physical therapy. I wanted to basically be a pediatric physical therapist. And when I got sick, they basically told me, well, you have to be physically at school <laughs> in order to do this. And I physically could not be at school. So at the time I had been um, nannying and I threw myself into my nanny career and basically got every certification under the belt and, and used my training as a physical therapy intern and worked with special needs children and um, children who needed help um, with extra therapies and did that for 15 years um, while doing the game of nerds. The game of nerds was like my side project when the kids were in bed or they were taking a nap, I'd be working on it. Parents who I was working for in the Silicon Valley would help me code or whatever I needed to do. And then we were told I couldn't get pregnant. And lo and behold, in 2019, we got pregnant with Marvel and pandemic. Um, And we've been working at home ever since. So I just, I help parents with childcare, um, help the adults and you know I get to fill my cup and talk nerd um, with other people all over the, the US and the world really um, 
through the game of nerds. So I get to wear both hats and juggle them all. It drives me crazy sometimes, but it really, it really does make me the happiest mom and human being that I could be. And other than the connection, uh, what has been like the most rewarding thing since starting the podcast? Uh, the most rewarding thing is just not only meeting people, but just seeing I mean, we, every time I do a podcast, I'm getting to meet not only a new person, but we're getting a new outlet of people we haven't, you know, have never met the game of nerds. Um, and so I'm meeting a lot of fans who are, you know, emailing me, Hey, I never thought this about the fandom. I thought I was the only one. Um, I didn't think that anybody else watched this show. None of my friends watch this show. It's so nice to have somebody to talk about this show. Um, Or seeing my writers who have been told, you know, no, you're not good enough. Um, No, we don't want to publish your stuff. And see them build a portfolio and six months later or a year later go on to big name, you know, news websites like CNN and Forbes and Nerdist and all these big places. It's like the mama dragon in me. It just makes me proud. that that you know, I guess I goes back to the as I say as a child care professional I'm the Daniel Tiger I'm the helper find your <laughs> helper I am a helper uh, whether it's helping parents with child care or helping writers or fans I'm, I'm here to help well shout out for helping writers I'm a freelance writer and that's great I had a geeky site be my start and now that's what I do I've been doing it for 10 years and it all starts with like the smaller ones that you can get onto that let you find your voice It is. It is. And it's building a network. I mean, we were talking before we started recording about how it's it's a unicorn to find female geek who do what we do um, and to support one another and um, for us to grow and, you know, fight against (laughs) as as our staff says, fight against the big ones who are paid. Um, You know, they just want their voices to be heard. And um, everybody has the right to say how they feel about a fandom, whether or not we agree with that opinion or not. (laughs) For sure. I know I started with this site called Fandomania. Yes. They kind of just let me do what I wanted. I did a like a handful of annual series for them and I grew to be my own little little person. I got to write for MTV Geek. Shout out to them. It doesn't exist anymore, but it was great. <laughs> no, and that's how that's how it all starts. You um it's all about networking and and building up your resume and getting there. It's just it takes um, special outlets kind of like the game of nerds that allow people to have a chance to start somewhere. Mhm. And it's wonderful to just get to write what you love about, you know? Oh my gosh. I had a mom who emailed me this morning. Shannon, my article will be in late. My three kids are driving me nuts. (laughs) Um, But this literally is the thing that makes her happy. Like I need some kind of outlet. She's a stay at home mom and writing her, her TV reviews for her favorite shows literally fills her cup. And if I can help parents or, you know, just help a mom or somebody, you know, feel better about themselves. Um, I think the pandemic has sucked all the joy out of life to begin with. So if we can get some tiny little bit of joy back into everybody's cup, then I've done my job. Wonderful. Now, I'd love to do a quick Marvel edition speed round with you. Sounds great. Marvel character that'd be best on a road trip. Bucky Barnes. <laughs> character you trade for the Soul Stone. You got killed in the Oh, God damn. That's hard. I don't want anybody to die oh falcon you're going sorry <laughs> best action sequence in a marvel film so far 
Oh, hands down, um, the Iron Man, Captain America, a Winter Soldier fight in uh, Captain America Civil War. The Marvel character we've yet to see in a movie that you're dying for them to introduce. Give me fucking Squirrel Girl. (laughs) And a Marvel character with the best Funko Pop other than Bucky Barnes. Oh, I'm in my room, so now I gotta look around. Crap. Uh, oh, my original SDCC Loki is pretty sweet. That's like my favorite. I, I'm gonna have to go with, yeah, my Loki. SDCC Loki, original Avengers. Which shout out to Loki, another hot as hell. Oh, he's my favorite. number two. He's my number two, but that's a whole nother podcast. I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't get it until he had the series. And then I was watching it and I was like, oh, I felt like that. It's like a famous like TikTok where it plays that like Taylor Swift song. It's like in your hair. I was like, oh, my God. It was the minute he said Neil in Avengers. And I'm like, all right, you got me. All right. You can be number two. All right. I can't give you number one, but you can be number two. But then the show sent it over. Once again, we're back to characters who are actors who make the characters who they are. Tom Hiddleston nails it nails it i just i'm not worthy is all i can say yeah like it's just it's the voice it's how he carries himself it's the confidence loki oh my god oh my god no whole nother podcast now see now we're gonna have to have a whole nother podcast episode <laughs> all about that <laughs> so can you tell us what's coming up on game of nerds um and the podcast in the coming months like the springtime Ooh, what are we what are we doing we are do- well you're coming on my podcast because we're gonna have you come on this year and have you come and talk about uh fandoms and crushes uh because you know we don't talk enough about fandom crushes alone um on our you know on our staff uh but we have we have a lot of fun stuff we've got a hypnotist coming in who uh who does fandom hypnotizing uh which is really really cool uh i'm talking about animation with my bff tazita um, and just a lot of just fun stuff. We're ready for the conventions to start opening. I think we're dying for the floor to open up so we can get back uh, to covering panels uh, since media has been so slow with, you know, shooting or, you know, recording and shooting all these, you know, shows. Not much has been coming out. We're, you know, been rewatching a lot of Friends and The Office. Uh, and we're over it. So we're ready to get back on the con floor and talk to celebrities and talk with fans. And my husband, who's a cosplayer, we're ready to build another cosplay. Um, so hopefully, hopefully this year we get to go out on the floor and uh, do our thing. So can you tell uh, all the lovely folks listening where they can find you online? You can find The Game of Nerds at www.thegameofnerds.com. We're on basically every social media under the handle The Game of Nerds, from Twitch, Tumblr, to Twitter, to Instagram, you name it, we're probably on it. And then if you want to follow my crazy family, our Funko collection, or your parent um, who's trying to figure out childcare, whatever, you know, I answer, help answer stupid questions because there is no stupid questions because nobody can know everything as a parent. There's too much to know. Um, but you can follow all of us at the VI Parolas with a Z at the end on Instagram, or you can hit up our website at the Well, Shannon, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about your Marvel crush today. And everyone, you can find all of her information below. And until next time, keep crushing it.